I, I, I remember Annie Mack said this in an interview, stop asking me about being a female DJ. She's one of the biggest DJs in the world. And this is the question, hey, how does it feel to have, what was it like having men pick on you? Like seriously, come on. Hey, this is Adam and you're listening to District Conversations. This week we've got one of Ireland's most loved radio DJs, disco fanatic and all-round lovely person, Kellyanne Byrne. Kellyanne has worked her way through the ranks of Irish clubs and radio stations, with an ever-eclectic taste and passion for good music. I first heard her on Phantom, and she put me onto a lot of great music through her shows over the years. One of our mics was broken for this podcast, so the quality on it isn't the best, but the conversation makes up for it. We touch on the impact that Phantom and later TXFM made on Dublin's musical landscape, Ireland's equality referendum and how the country fares compared to other European capitals. Kellyanne's background is a playwright in New York City. And finally, on the difficult conversation about women in electronic and dance music. Yeah, I thought I'd start off with your background. You mentioned okay. um, you mentioned you you studied acting was it in DIT. I uh, yeah, actually, well, originally I had a I, w- I have a degree in film <laughs> and I studied film and then I afterwards I went to the Gaiety for a while um, and studied acting there. And so I, was, I suppose I was always kind of involved in some type of performance. Yeah. But um, whilst I was in college and just after college, I was DJing that whole time. And I never thought about it as something that um, was a career or it was always, it was like a hobby, if you know what I mean. Yeah. And I sometimes think it's the thing that you don't focus on that ends up becoming a huge part of your life. If Yeah, so that it was kind of weird in that way. It was like, I never really planned to be a DJ, mm-hmm. but that's the path that I took. Yeah. Then you went to New York for two years as well. Yeah, now that was like, um, actually that was a lot later in life. So I went to New York when I was 33. Okay. Yeah, I'm almost, almost 39. And at that time, I really wanted um, a change. And actually, I didn't I didn't go to New York to DJ. I wanted to get away from DJing. So I've been playing since I was like 21. And um, I went over there and I studied playwriting uh, for two years. It was, yeah, my life took a totally different turn. And it's funny, it was only towards the end of it, I thought, God, I really miss playing. Yeah. Going over, I thought, I don't want to play again. Because I was, I was doing like four or five nights and... I was a little bit over it, if you know what I mean. But then I went to New York and I was hearing all these new sounds and um, it, it really inspired me. So when I came back, I thought, no, this is what I want to do. And I also want to create a night, which is how Burning Up happened. I want to create a night that's like specifically disco and house and the stuff that I would have heard over there. Um, and the radio thing actually happened completely by accident then. Uh, because when I got back to Dublin, I was back um, maybe three or four months and I was kind of having second thoughts. I thought to myself, oh no, if I made the right decision, maybe I should go back to New York and, you know, is it too small here, all of that kind of thing. Um, which I think is normal when you return from, from yeah. living somewhere else. It's just, you know, you kind of get the blues a bit and it's just, it's a strange time. So the weird thing was I had actually booked to go back to New York in the April and then I think it was January I got this call from Phantom and they said, we're interested in you doing a Saturday night radio show. And I'd never worked on radio and I was like, okay. And they were like, it's just, you know, we've heard you as a DJ and we love what you play. And it just took off. Uh, The show just completely took off. It was like four hours every Saturday. I was nominated for a radio award and I just thought maybe I shouldn't go back to New York and just see how this goes. And um, then, yeah, just the the radio thing after that, it was Phantom. Then it was like TXFM and Today FM and it kind of hasn't stopped since. Yeah. 
I think one of the great things about the show on Phantom was mm. it's it it was a real when you tuned into Phantom you expected to hear like the Libertines or like some Irish yeah, music. Yeah, so yeah. to hear mm-hmm. some disco, some funk, some soul was a big like oh you know yeah i agree with you because i think there's this notion that like alternative music is only indie music yeah. which is like i've never bought into that i love indie music don't get me wrong but you know alternative means a lot of different things it could be like you say soul disco it could be jazz it could be house whatever and um i think when i came on the radio i, I was playing a lot of northern soul too and disco i think people had never really heard that kind of thing before so it's like whoa what's this girl doing and they started to pay attention um, so yeah, I think I had the advantage in that sense of like like you say it was an indie station, but it wasn't necessarily another indie show. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it just like it, it completely took off. I was really shocked at the response, you know, because obviously when I started, I was quite nervous, and it gave me an opportunity too to kind of go back and play some of the tracks I would have originally played when I started out DJing, because I, I started out in the dice bar when I was like. 22 or something Mm -hmm. and at that time I was playing a lot of 60s pop uh, Northern Soul um, you know stuff like Roxy Music and then there would be Chic and stuff like that as well but it was really nice to be able to go back to those roots because I suppose at that time when I was DJing I wasn't really playing that kind of thing Um, because it suits the radio more if you know what I mean like the Kinks and and the Who and, and the Jam and all that kind of stuff so yeah it was great it was yeah I never thought what happened afterwards would happen yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and then um, yeah so the last time you were here was April last year yeah and I was reading I was reading over the in last this year. office yeah yes yeah um, you were saying that the news had come through that TXFM was going to close that's right um, yeah and it didn't it didn't actually happen until mm-hmm. October mm-hmm. Um, but yeah I just I, I was wondering what you think of the kind of the Irish radio landscape since it's since it's gone because it has oh it's yeah it took a toll it took a toll and i really think it i I really think it did you know i mean txfm was a great station there was a small we were a very small number of people but the one thing was everybody just loved music and they were there for the love of music and um yeah it's sad and i i get people still constantly coming up to me saying that they miss it um you know but there's there's still alternative radio shows i mean you've got paul McLoon and you know there's lots of other people doing stuff it's just there's I do miss the fact that there's not an actual station. Yeah. For instance, uh, I thought this was interesting because the EP lineup came out and everybody's going, who's that? Who's, I, I don't know who Michael Kiwanuka is or I don't know who whatever is. And Perfume Genius and all the rest. And I was looking at the lineup going, that's all the stuff that TXFM used to play. And I really realized by the reaction that it's because there's no radio station playing that kind of stuff. So, you know, the lineup came out and people were going, I've never heard of these guys. But if that was England... Yeah, and, and the way that people listen to music today mm. is Spotify, YouTube, yeah, all that. And people yeah. get into these bubbles of, this is what I like, this algorithm is giving me similar stuff. Mm-hmm. And I might not necessarily think, oh, we'll put on a hip-hop tune after, we'll put on this yes. indie tune after we'll put on this, you know, Smith's record. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's kind of that, that sense of variety. Is no, it? totally. And I think the thing is as well, like there, I think people, a lot of people say that there is like getting a steer from a radio DJ um, is very important because like you say, 
like me particularly on my Sunday show I'm not defined by genre I can't I don't like that I can't stand it I've never thought I only have to play one type of music or whatever like if somebody produced an indie record and then a disco one then I'll play it and I'll make the relation between the two but I didn't realise how important radio DJs were until I started on the radio and people would go my god I'd never heard this track I don't know like uh, William Onyabor I'd never heard of William Onyabor till he started playing it and um, it's like you say that unless there's a station representing that um, sometimes with festivals like, such as, as, as the, the EP one people are going like younger people are going who's Tribe Called Quest yeah I've never I heard what's a Tribe Called Quest and I'm like they're probably one of the greatest hip hop bands in the world or even a lot of people going who's Duran Duran yeah but yeah. you can't blame them because they're not exposed to it so you know I don't know what they're they are exposed to but they're they're not exposed to that so they're kind of going I've never heard of this band who are they and I think in that way Ireland does really miss an alternative station, mm. you know, because in the UK they've got BBC Six and I think BBC Radio One has a lot of alternative There's stuff no too. There's no shortage, no, and like that, I do still think that it's really sad that TXFM has gone. Yeah, yeah definitely. So you mentioned uh, you mentioned Chic earlier, mm-hmm. and you opened for them. No, or was it Nile Rogers or Chic? Yeah, I opened for Chic. God, that's God, that's about three years ago now. Um, yeah, that was a really surreal experience. Um, because obviously they're one of my favorite bands, and and I got to meet them. They were so lovely. Uh, yeah, like that's probably one of the high points of my DJing career, if you want to say. <laughs> but um, it was like, I remember walking out, because um, they had specified that they wanted a DJ, not a band. And I remember walking out and the stage was huge. It was like like the set of decks and little me, with like like my CDs. And I looked up and I felt quite nervous, actually. And but, where um, was it on? It was on the Ivy Gardens. Mm. But by the time, it was like about 15 minutes in, there must have been something like 2,000 people there. And um, it was, yeah, they responded really well. I really loved that, actually. Yeah, it's, it's just, that was, that whole thing was surreal for me, I think. Yeah. Yeah, support and chic. But um, they're really cool, really down to earth. Do you, like, do you think, it, do you think disco will never die? Yeah, I totally think that. I mean, for me, do you know what it is? It's like, I, the reason I play disco is because I was raised with that. So my mom had, like, a lot of Diana Ross and all that kind of stuff. And so I suppose for me, I wasn't for want of I wasn't jumping on any bandwagon it was what I played from the very start it's what I'll always play if you you know I played it at the start I, I play it now I'll always play but yeah I think it will never die I think no matter it seems to be a thing with disco that the people get saturated and then there's a bit of a backlash and then it all comes back again but you know the if you trace back the history of clubs and clubbing it all started with the beginning of disco. I mean, David Mancuso, The Loft in New York, 1970. It's the first club that ever opened in the world. And he died just before Christmas. And the, the, the whole sound system that he invented, people use that as a template to this day. Um, so yeah, I think no matter how much you try to get away from it, you can't because it's just etched in history, if you know what I mean, in, yeah. in the history of music. Um, and I read a great book actually called Love Saves the Day by Tim Lawrence. Mm-hmm. And it documents that whole period of when DJs came about, um, of when DJs started to mix rec- records. And yeah, the very start of everything was disco. But as they said, they never called it disco. What did they call it? Or did they have a name? They, it was like R&B or soul yeah. or dance music. It was, they, they, that name was invented by record companies. Yeah, I guess you don't, you don't think to label something until mm-hmm. it's, 
you know, cohesive. It's well, it's commercially viable. Yeah. It can sell you records, and then you go, oh, this is disco, and 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 that's what happened. And then there was a lot of shit disco made, which mm. there was, you know, a lot. There's a lot of crap disco, and then people turned against it. But then, if you look at kind of house music, they sa- they you know they sampled disco records, so it made a comeback then. So yeah, I I don't think it'll ever die out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're obviously very um, very passionate about music and especially disco yeah uh, I was wondering do you are there any any other aspects of your life that you're really you know 100% behind 100% into um, you mean outside of music yeah. or yeah it's interesting because I when you mailed me and you were saying future projects and stuff like that and I actually thought about it and I was like you know what I would really love to get back into writing and acting because mm-hmm. that's what I did when I was in New York and as much as I love music and it'll always be part of my life like I'm really interested in learning new things as well and when I went to New York I had never written really and uh, over there I was writing plays and they were doing really well they were being performed so that's something that I still uh, would like to get back into and also as well like I'm a massive cinema goer it's just something simple I go on my own every single week I love it I love the fact that like I can turn my phone off and you know not be disturbed and be like absorbed in a film for two or three hours cinema is a big big interest of mine but again just as a hobby so yeah your, your plays that you that you'd written what mm-hmm. were what what were some of them about oh god um it's weird they were do you know what actually it's interesting you ask that because one of the other reasons I moved away was I, at the time I found Ireland really repressed. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is before we voted for same-sex marriage and um, I, yeah, I found- Was I, it around the time of the recession? Or? Yeah, it was actually. And I just thought, I want to get out of here. You know, I want to go somewhere where people, you know, are, are, are open-minded and there's lots of different cultures and you know, no one's afraid to be gay or all the rest of it so i went to new york which was a great place but the funny thing was all of my plays were totally about that about repression Repression and like secrecy and you know um yeah all that well it's this is the way we are as irish people yeah so all of my plays were kind of about that thing within families and you know um i suppose being afraid to talk about the truth and all that kind of thing or even like drink culture here it's like I went away but I couldn't escape from it and it was just like yeah. completely etched in my soul I think it's something that is just inherent in Irish people this kind totally of inability to talk about certain things yeah or, and it's like obviously we've made huge strides in the last mm-hmm. few years alone um, but it's it is it's this cultural persona yeah and I think a lack of confidence sometimes as well and like you know like like a lack of confidence and maybe comparing ourselves to other people and I you know it's really weird I was down at the Carlo Arts Festival last week and I watched Emma Curran Mm. uh, perform his poems I'm I'm a big fan fan of Emma Curran I think he's wonderful and he's doing great stuff and RSAG was like performing like doing the drums to his his poetry and then Rosengano family came on afterwards and I really I like honestly I nearly started crying because I really had this moment of I'm so proud to be Irish at this moment in time in this country seeing like a hip-hop act like Rosengano family do so well Emma Curran who's so unusual and different and I feel like we've come a long way and it's like like I said to you there's a tendency to go but it's better over there but I don't know if it is yeah do you know I think there's a lot happening here you might know this as well being promoters is like half the time the support dj is better than the international yeah, act it's just they don't have the same yeah type, exactly know? or maybe like it's there's you can't get as much exposure here i don't there's only so far you can go or yeah. whatever but i do like 
I do feel like having come back from New York and with the especially with the the vote for same sex marriage, I think things have changed a lot here. Yeah, like you see, you see, like couples, like you know, uh, gay men and women holding hands all the time, and being affectionate. Like I didn't see that when I was in Rome recently. I didn't see it in Lisbon. Mm. I didn't see it in lots of places. I saw it in New York, but I think it's great that we've come that far. I think that's why there was such an outturn for the vote because people had had enough, you know. And there was even people coming forward saying, like, I'm married for years and I'm gay, Mm. you know, because I could never, uh, I could never say it before. And I think. Everybody had a story to tell at that time, you know, of an uncle or a brother or, or, or um, an aunt or whatever uh, who'd gone through hell because they couldn't just be themselves. So I, honestly, as long as I live, well, I don't know because I can't say into the future, but I'm almost 39. It was the greatest moment in this country for me when that happened. Mm. I'll never forget it. I was outside of the country when it happened, but yeah. I remember all my friends putting up on Facebook just saying like, oh, it's gone through the sun was shining the sun was shining it was like one of the hottest days of the year it was like it was all meant to be yeah I'd say I'm really good at I wasn't here for it but it just seemed like a really good time to be yeah totally definitely I yeah so I asked a friend of mine uh, who's a big fan of yours uh, (laughs) if he had any questions and he wanted me to ask did you ever have any awkward or regrettable music phases throughout your life oh wow um any goth phases or anything like that? God, no, I was never a goth. Um, did I have any regrettable... Do you know what? I don't think so. Like, I... Well, I'm a big Kylie fan, but I still wouldn't regret oh, that I, now. Yeah, yeah, I love Kylie. Yeah. Do you know what? I always think people ask this thing of guilty pleasure, and I don't think there's such a thing yeah. as guilty pleasure. Um, no, I when I was growing up, I loved Prince uh, from a very young age. Then I would have been like into all the kind of Brit pop stuff and all the kind of like if I look back, I don't I actually to be honest with you, I actually don't think so. And even if they were seen as cheesy, I don't really care. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I have that what was your one with the big boobs? I have that on record. Uh boys, boys, boys. Do you remember? Oh, Sabrina. What was your name? Sabrina. I love that. I have song. that on vinyl. That is a great song. <laughs> Music videos. Well. I have that on vinyl, but yeah, no. I wouldn't regret so any of it. Never, never got a dodgy haircut or anything. No, like that. I didn't. Um, I might have, like, I was probably went to a stage being into tracksuits and stuff. Mm. <laughs> Be, being from fingerless, <laughs> I don't think I have my tongue is out quite. <laughs> but um, <laughs> being from fingerless, like, yeah, I probably would have had it. Actually, a mate of mine sent me a photograph of us years ago, and we were in um, we used to hang around in Viola Hill. I'm originally from Cedar Road. We used to hang around in Viola Hill. And there's a shot of us and we like proper like with our tra- <laughs> with our tracksuits on. But actually, we looked cool. We looked like TLC or something. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's the famous influence. But no, I wouldn't regret any of that at all. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. Good. that's good. Um, okay. At this point in the conversation, I began to wrap things up with the podcast, and District's head of operations, Craig Connolly, walked into the room. We're about to finish recording when Kellyanne asked if there was anything else we wanted to discuss. She brought up the topic of women in the music industry, and since we had been to the launch of Smirnoff's Move the Needle campaign, which aims to get girls and women more involved in dance music, we felt it was an ideal topic to bring up. We asked about her opinions on the matter, and what follows is her thoughts on the issue, edited for clarity. No, I tell you what, the, the, the question I hate is, how do you, how, what's it like to be a female DJ? Yeah. That really annoys me because you're just a DJ. Yeah. But I have to say, like, I don't know if my thinking on it is different from everybody else, but 90% of my experiences have been positive. And do you know what? Like, I look back on all the things that I've done 
and half of them wouldn't have happened without men and women. So I think that it's like, I, I hear people go, oh, you know, it's so tough and, you know, women can't get in and all the rest of it. And I kind of think, I said this to students in Trinity last year, first of all, get that out of your head. Don't go into something going, this is all men. What am I going to do? Oh, the men. Oh, no. What would I? You need to go. This is what I want to do. And you shouldn't let anything like that stop you. And like, you have to remember the positive things too. And for a second, maybe forget about gender. I think this is the issue. It's like girls are going, they told me right in Trinity that girls aren't even coming through the door for radio. Why is that? Because they're being told this is male dominated. And you need to get that out of your head. Do you know what I mean? If, I'd say probably in my, my 15 or 16 years playing, I might have met three or four guys that did that to me. And you bypass them. Yeah. Don't work with them again. Don't play with them again. Don't. It's just, good luck, mate. This is your problem, not mine. See you later. Do your homework, work hard, and you'll go places. You know, I like I, I, it frustrates me to think that girls are going, I can't do that because it's full of men. Just do it because you want to do it. Mm. You know, I feel really passionate about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, I, I, I do, you know, I think of people like Billy Scurry when I first started playing out would come to my gigs and go, you know, I wouldn't have been great technically. I'm still not great technically, but I had, I knew, I knew a lot about music and he would go, I love your records and keep going and all the rest of it. And so for me to sit around and go, men picked on me and yada, yada, it didn't happen or it might have happened, but it was a small percentage. And like I say, it's like, you've got to go, I want to do this, and you, you're negative, go away. It's that simple. Yeah. I think. I'd say it's for, I'd say, I'd say it doesn't even just apply to the music industry, I'd say it kind of applies you know everywhere but also as well like i think men probably have, you know i don't think it's easy for men starting out as djs I, it's probably way more difficult for them because there's so many mm. so yeah it's like in every walk of life you're gonna come up against some type of a block and are you gonna like run away going oh my god or are you gonna go how do i get past this and there are ways around everything so i think it's a lot of it is your mentality if you know what i mean I'm just gonna say the yeah. sort of stuff you said there sort of uninterrupted. Are you alright with that being used? Because it was like very nicely. Yeah, you know? I just because I, I like I say to you, it, it, it just it, it, this subject it bothers me, you know, and it bothers me that I'm being dragged into things on the internet. Like, oh god, there's there's no women at this festival. What does Kellyanne Byrne think? Like, I had I had somebody come up to me at a festival, and it was a woman, which was the hardest thing, to, and tell me I should not play, because there were so few women on the bill. Now that is ignorant, it's ridiculous, it knocks everything that I've worked for, everything that I've achieved. And um, I, I kind of just looked at her, but I'm going, if, if you were clever, you would go, that girl did it, I can too. Hmm. And that's the way you need to think about things. When I started out, Dandelion was one of the biggest DJs in this country. She was in the Globe, everywhere playing, 60 Souls, she was fantastic, and she still is. And I thought, if she can do it, I can do it. So that would be my way of thinking about things. You know, and you have to make a difference and not go, oh, I can't do, oh my God, there's no women on this bill. I'm not playing. Like, seriously? You wouldn't say that to a guy. So, no, you know, I, like I, there's no difference between you and I. I the way I was raised, my mom had four brothers and my mom said to me from a young age, you're as good as any guy. And I was brought up, I was brought up in a male environment. I never thought like he can do that and I can't. It was like, oh yeah, my brother just thought I can do that. My brother was a footballer all his life. It's a difficult profession. And I just think that like for girls, if you want to go into it, get that out of your head because you're, you're going to end up with a chip on your shoulder. I can't do this because I'm a woman. That's ridiculous.
I, I, I remember Annie Mack said this in an interview, stop asking me about being a female DJ. She's one of the biggest DJs in the world. And this is the question, hey, how does it feel to have, what was it like having men pick on you? Like seriously, come on. Talk about the successes and yeah, the good yeah. thing that person has done. And I think saying, the more you say, it's so male and you know, all the men are like this. And a lot of the guys are not like that. You know, I wouldn't have my job in Today FM if it weren't for Tony Fenton, Ian Dempsey and Paul McClune who all listened to me on Phantom and said, get that girl. Like that's the way, the way it happened, not because she's a girl, because she fucking plays good music. So I just think for me to sit around going, I had all these, ba- it wasn't like that. There may have been some people like that, but like I said, I bypassed them. Maybe I have a strong personality, maybe, you know, being brought up with guys, it was different for me. But I just think like, try to lose that thing in your head if you're a girl, of like, I can't make it because I'm a woman. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Like I've had, I, I saw, I've had girls like that and I've gone, so what have you actually done to try and be a DJ? Tell me, nothing. Well then how can you fucking sit there going, oh man, and blah, 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 blah. Come on. And you do it all off your own back. And the thing is like, you get, you're gonna have shit experience. I've done shit gigs, I've had shit experience. I don't think it was because I was a woman. I think it's because it's a difficult business. Like I say, a lot of guys who go, go through the same thing. I think in many ways, it's harder for men. Mm because there's so many men out there. And also probably, you know, guys beside you checking out your mixing and all that yeah, stuff yeah. in the beginning, which is so silly. But like, like I, I don't think it's any more difficult for women than it is for men.